Hello, and welcome to a new little project mini-sode mini-series uh, I'm going to be doing. I had this idea for a while, and I wasn't really sure the best way to implement it, but the timing worked out pretty good with the release of our Hidamari Sketch Season 2 episode on April 1st. Not an April Fool. Really happened. Long story short, I'm going to be doing 365 days of Hidamari, uh, watching each episode from seasons one and two on the day that they're set and then recording like a little Christ, I don't know how long this is going to be 10, 15 minutes, hopefully not that long. Uh, well, I guess we'll find out. I don't know. Maybe I'll have a lot to say. This first one's probably gonna be a bit short because we're covering an episode that we just talked a lot about a week ago <laughs> on the April 1st episode. Um, yeah, so welcome. Uh, I'm Mallory, as always. I assume I assume you figured that out, but um, we're gonna be talking about episode one from season two. Uh, technically February tenth, or technically February 9th through April fifth. Um, nice to meet you, Ume Tente. Um, part honestly, I was kind of toying with the idea of starting the series on February 9th, but it's just like so far away from the rest of the year. And also, with the timing of the season 2 episode, I was like, oh, I'm going to make this... Uh, this episode happens on April 5th. Everything else is prologue. That's fine. Um, you can tell the episode happens on April 5th because that's when the countdown rolls. Of course, we discussed this in the episode. Half of this is going to be me saying, we discussed this on the episode, but... Um, we discussed in the episode, but they only roll the countdown for the episode to begin. Um, once uh, Yunochi gets her nickname from Miyako. Lovely moment. Uh, going back to the start here, though, we start off February 9th, February 10th, um, you know, with her mother in an unfamiliar place in the hotel on the way to the test site at Yamabuki. And you know what? In early February, I was also in an unfamiliar room. I was uh, in Seattle. So many parallels already. Um, her life and my life have lots in common. Uh, a shot here that I always forget about because it's such a fast frame is the the Campbell's canned Hidamari noodle soup uh, right before the OP starts in this episode. I fucking don't know what that's about. That one's always baffled me. But I paused it today to look at it and it is not Campbell's, it is Canbell's because I guess, you know, you can't just write Campbell's. Um, really good likeness otherwise. I don't know. There's obviously the Andy Warhol art connection, but no real clue what that one's about, but still fun. Leading up to her test, there's some significant shots. Um, this episode has a lot of focus on events that you know will later do all the time, but in this episode, she's doing them for the first time. And the first one you really notice is when she steps across the threshold into Yamabuki school. There's like this really significant shot, and then the next shot is framed from behind her, where she's sort of staring at her mother across the threshold. And it's kind of funny that they both look like they can't take a step forward, or else they'll break that tension. Uh, it's a nice moment. We also get the first moment when she enters the test room of the empty gymnasium that she's in, in that dark shot, which we return to later when she gets her nickname. Uh, that shot's fascinating, because it's not really clear what the room is until later on. It looks like the windows are kind of ornate. There's like a lot of drapery on them and they have like a little veranda thing. And so I, I you figure out it's a gymnasium later on because you see that detail on the floor with, with the lines, you know, like the, the basketball uh, halfway court or what have you. Um, only once uh, Miyako gives her the, the nickname and all the light shoots in, yada yada. 
I actually don't know if I've ever checked this, but I, I'm assuming it's the Yamabuki Gymnasium. But if it's not, and those windows are pretty specific, then I guess it's just sort of like, you know, her old school, her like mental, where she was prior, you know? It's, um, there's something about the dark school gymnasium that is like really kind of an eerie space. I mean, you know, liminal spaces, Twitter accounts, like, fuck that. But the idea of the room meant for a large gathering and you're just completely alone in it and it's also a very like familiar space i feel like you know as, as a kid probably one of the one of the rooms in the school that every student will know pretty well is the gymnasium because you have to congregate there it's like this mandatory meeting place and the exam looks like it could be taking place in that room it is a very high ceiling it looks like a classroom though but like it has that same ominous sort of foreboding tall ceiling and despite being among other students she is very she you know she's pretty alone in that instance so those shots are always really nice we also see for the first time her well one of her classmates one of her only uh classmates who officially has a name in the manga i don't know if it comes up in the anime uh the girl with the uh brown hair and these sort of short little uh are they twin tails not enough detail i think they're tiny little like you know twin tail puff kind of things uh kiyomi is her name she doesn't show up too often she is also later on uh during the Yamabuki festival prep episode where she's uh, just in the classroom as Yuno addresses uh, the class as a whole. So yeah, first appearance of Kiyomi, uh, honestly like one of two appearances, but you know, she does have a name, so worth mentioning. Or not. I don't know. If you're listening to this, it is worth mentioning because you must care a lot about the show, as I do. So here we are. Um, another thing I noticed is... Uh, some of the shots where so this episode has the recurring visual motif of the water meter at the Yamabuki apartments for conveying the date and time and i never really actually noticed this but during the exam it's instead a precision watch which is sort of a nice little touch you know you have that like air of academia and like pressure and like exacting you know an exacting air so the watch is a really cute little stand-in for the otherwise uh comfortable and and homeful uh homeful you know um cozy the water meter is cozy right like it means someone's in the house someone's at home if the water meter is running so it's a cute little thing uh then we have the first appearance of oya-san chronologically we can see that she has job number one here handing out flyers for hitamari sushi uh we'll be keeping track of those because that one question we got in that mailbag does have me wondering what is the oya-san job count across this first year um, then we have, um, February 14th, uh, Valentine's Day, the results are released. Um, we have some nice shots of the apartment. Uh, Ume also moves in on February 14th. So once Yuno is confirmed to be going to Yamabuki, then Ume Sensei herself appears and moves into the apartments and lives on the roof like a little hermit, uh, metapod, as she does. Very cute touch. Uh, that backlit shot of Sai when Hiro is exiting her room to see Sai on the stairs, honestly, just really nice shot. I think it's kind of rare you get the character POV shots when they do the couple stuff with those two, but that one's really striking. It's so beautiful. Uh, when they're looking down over the sea of the entrance, you have the boy-girl uh, bowling pins, you know, the color-coded with the little uh, name in the middle. I didn't notice this, but there's another shot of Kiyomi, again, getting accepted, and the bowling pin next to her says mother instead of girl, which I'd never actually noticed before. So really cute attention to detail on that one. Also, we have some of the cut-in uh, quotes on this that I 
especially love. I mean, obviously, I think we talked about love is blind. That one's pretty straightforward. Um, I mean, that one's obvious. I, the one thing I did notice, though, is that love is blind cuts from Unomiya to um, Sai Hero having that discussion and Sai's room, which is really cute. Um, that one's amazing. Another couple ones I always loved is the life is short and art is long quote from the exam. I had always wondered the origin of that, and it sounds like it's just one of those old Greek aphorisms attributed to Hippocrates. I mean, hey, he said a lot of important stuff. Who knows if that one's true? Another one that's also really great is um, when she's in the moving van heading down. Uh, Fear is often greater than the danger. Um, big fan of that one, too. And that one's also true. I think I think in terms of, like, you know, lessons to apply to your life, both of those two are really good ones. Life is short, and art does last forever. Um, not only does it last past your lifespan, but it also lasts the duration of your life. It's something that you build on, that, that grows with you. Um, passing moments like the art exam are stressful, intense, but the legacy and the trend, the practice of your art moves past that, right? Like, it's it's bigger than the sum of its parts. Um, it's also bigger than the duration of its efforts, in, in a sense, too. Um moving van guy i forget if i said this in the episode the guy who drives the moving van looks so much like um the guy from golden boy uh I, i'm pretty sure i did say this but just why every time i see it i cannot unsee it now he's just so charming um i would love a cut where uh, they just substitute him in for the moving van guy i think he'd do a really good job the ponytail is a great look moving on past the move in Another good, like, first time for you know shot that they really linger on is when she puts the key into the door. There's, like, a bunch of reverb on, like, the key sound effects. Very cool. Super classic. Um, and then, of course, we have the conversation with Miyako, where you have the empty gymnasium being lit up with all the X's, and then Yuno's X in the interstitials gets her little chi in the center. And one thing that I remember... One thing that I don't remember too clearly... Um, is if that chi is in season one's X's, and I don't think that it is. I think it's a season two thing, but as we move on, we will see some season one stuff pretty soon, so we'll touch back on that, I guess, when we find out. Um, then, of course, the episode countdown rolls. We have that. Um, we also meet Hero at this point, uh, which I think the intro for Hero is kind of funny. It's really not very characteristic of her to be so um, superstitious or, like, you know, jumping to conclusions like that. It strikes me as the kind of gag that Ume-sensei would have put in, like, the first chapter of the manga before the characters are more fleshed out, but it still fits for her. It's a very funny sudden cut from her being on the floor to her being sitting up and going full uh, One-san, like, how can I help you mode. A uh, really stupid detail that I'm glad I researched this time because I'd always been curious about it. So they go to draw the rabbits, and you have that frame of the photograph of the rabbit that is clearly like a hero's reference uh, sheet because her drawing looks just like that pose. And you have in the top corner, it says rabbit. And then underneath it, you have Sekin or Sekine. And I had never known what that meant. So I Googled it. And I think this might be a running thing for season two. Or at least we have now have two of these things where I think if you listen to the podcast, I talked about this where I thought that the principal's name was Edo Harumi because it attributes that goo to him. But then... Edo Harumi is a comedian whose nickname was Goo. It turns out Rabbit Sekine is another gag based on the name of a 90s, 2000s comedian. His name is Tsutomu Sekine. His nickname is Rabbit Sekine. No clue why. And a little fun fact here is that he's the winner of the quote-unquote 
21st Annual Best Father Yellow Ribbon Award Entertainment Division, which is just fantastic. Uh, good for him. What a great father. Uh, size painting in this episode when they have the discussion. So, and then after they draw the rabbits, we get to see Miyako's art in her room, which of course is like some of my favorite shit is when they actually show Miyako's art. She has this crazy expressionist um like it kind of like it always reminds me a little bit of like paul clee if he was more influenced by like um you know like i don't want to say it like nepalese like sort of like tibetan sort of like animal forms very cool shit i always love this one uh her her animals of the savannah um like floor piece is pr is like my favorite miyako drawing that they show it's so sick um but then right after that we get to the sci hero discussion after the love is blind cut uh, and this one, the painting inside the room has the X365 in the same spot as the finale, which is cute because I never noticed that. I don't think it's in any other episodes. I'm curious if I can detect any kind of pattern with those because like, oh my god, it is just, I know it's probably just random, but like the possibility that it might not be random is really kind of harrowing. I would, I would refuse to not know something about this show. It, it, I reject it. And I guess my last little note here on this really cool chronologically first episode is that we have the character bios, which are, of course, like, in the manga, that's where they appear naturally. They just slot right in at the start there. And I think these bios have a funny sort of, like, uh, contrast between being very obvious character traits and then being pretty inobvious and elegant ways to describe um, more detailed aspects of the characters. Like, you have Hero and Size, whose bios are pretty straightforward. Hero is, you know, wife material, great cook. And Sai is knowledgeable and beautiful, which, you know, it can't, they're not wrong. Uh, then you have Miyako and Yuno's, and I feel like those are so much more personal bios, because Miyako's is just um, honest and innocent, which I think may be debatable on innocent as the show goes on. But honest, certainly true. Um... It's such a funny way to phrase it. I feel like you, you'd call her, like, frank or brass or something. But, like, innocent and honest. Like, yeah, absolutely true. Um, she suspects almost nothing of the world and is uh, completely happy to share her opinion. And then Yuno's is always amazing. Um, bringer of peace and diligent worker. I feel like these character bios, to me, feel like uh, what Ume-sensei is talking about when she says that they're influenced by her. I feel like a diligent worker and a bringer of peace are two really great qualities for a main character in a slice of life show to have. And there you go. She's got both of them. Um, I think that might about do it for notes on the actual episode. I guess talking about April 5th feel. What? That April 5th feel. I guess today I had a pretty heated sketch day of my own. Uh, this is a pretty atypical episode of Hitamari sketch we're talking about. But my day today was a very Hitamari sketch in and of itself. Did some errands, had lunch with a friend. It was terribly windy. Um, it's still pretty shit here, honestly. The weather's been really rough. This has been a terrible winter. Um, February 10th, when she's sprinting to catch the train, my thought was like, wow, I could not have sprinted like that in February 10th here because everything was still completely iced over. Uh, I feel like the city just gave up on like icing or salting or paving or plowing stuff this year. It was a total shit show. But, you know... Um, it's, a uh, this spring is an important time, right? Like, things just start shif shifting and changing over. Uh, my errand that I was doing is I was passing out resumes to, uh, more local businesses, because I'm having a big shift of my own soon, I think. I might be 
changing jobs. You know, spring is a good time for that. Spring is a really big renewal season for that reason. You know, things are starting to get fresh. The pollen's up in the air. It sort of wakes up your sinuses. You're sneezing constantly. And you just feel awake and alive in the world. And you want to change up some stuff just for the sake of it. So I guess that's my advice to you for... um this little month here month of april shake up some stuff you know just change something randomly for the sake of it as long as it's not catastrophic i think it'll be good for you i think i hope it's good for me and it looks like it was good for you now so what could possibly go wrong all right uh thanks for listening uh you'll hear from me again uh real soon because our next episode is real soon so take care and have a good 365